Hello and welcome to this podcast from the BBC World Service. Please let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media. Podcasts from the BBC World Service are supported by advertising. World Football from Ivory Coast. Welcome to the show. Hello from me, John Bennett, as we preview the Africa Cup of Nations final Ivory Coast against Nigeria. And we have a very special guest today to give us an expert insight, an Arsenal invincible who also won the Premier League with Manchester City and played for Liverpool. As well as that, though, 120 caps in 15 years playing for Ivory Coast and an AFCON winner in 2015. It is Colo Torre. Hi, Colo. Thanks so much for joining us on World Football at AFCON. Hi. Uh, yeah, my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> you must be an excited man. How excited are you about your nation being in the final at an AFCON, but not just any AFCON, an AFCON in Ivory Coast? You know what? It's been fantastic uh, organisation. Uh, the Ivory Coast uh, fans are unbelievable. Uh, the you can see like all the country is is passionate about uh, uh, that African that uh, African nation. Uh, the uh, like I said, the organization is brilliant. The football that they play is unbelievable. The pitches are great. We saw some unbelievable football matches, and uh, uh, obviously Ivory Coast is, in the, is on the, in in the final uh, with Nigeria. What a game and what a revenge as well for Ivory Coast. And I'm looking forward to it, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you from Abidjan and yeah, I've, I've, I've witnessed how passionate the fans are. I want to ask you about the fans a bit later on. But what have you made of this crazy ride that Ivory Coast have had to the final? So they had the luck to get through to the last 16. Then they had a late equaliser and penalties to beat Senegal, an even later equaliser with 10 men against Mali, and then a winner in the 122nd minute in the quarterfinal, uh, and then finally a comfortable win over DR Congo. It, it's, it's been a roller coaster, hasn't it, for Ivory Coast? It, it's, been, it's been, let's say, it's been crazy. It's been crazy because when we won the first game, everybody were uh, confident that we were going to do a great tournament, and then we end up playing against uh, Nigeria. A very good side, and that game was a uh, was tough for us. We lost it, and then we 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 went and played against a Guinea Equatorial team. And after that, the country was down. That loss was a big wake up call for the players because they saw the fans uh, in the country really really hungry. And I think for that from that game, I think the players realized how important that tournament was for the country. Of course, sacking the manager was a, a big, a big turnover, I would say. And then the, the new manager took over. He made big decision. When you go through those moments, you feel like this is our tournament. You feel like this is for you. You're going to win it. What have you made of the whole managerial situation, Carlo? Because your old teammate, I was speaking to Emmanuel Abue last week, and he told me that Ivory Coast don't need a manager. <laughs> he said you just need someone to be to be nice to the players and kind of kind of bring positive vibes to the group. Is is that right? What, what do you make of the job that MS Fai, the the interim boss, has done for for your your country? 
you know, M- MS5 uh, is a great guy. Uh, he's been uh, um, interim, and since he took the team, what he done in the team, I have to be honest, is he has bring some competition in the team. He has made some big changes by bringing Seri Jean Mikael and Kosunu at the back. And those two players were they, they were really good against Senegal. But I will say tactically, in my opinion, what MS5 has bring, he has bring discipline in the team. Because we had a midfield with really good players. Uh, we had Sangare, we had Kessie, and we had Seko Fofana. But in my opinion, when I was watching the game, I felt like those three players were undisciplined. And it was like no tactical discipline. And when when you play in the hot, you need to make sure that you have players who knows their role and they are in some of the position of the pitch, which helped them to not waste the energy. And I believe that that midfield was not really disciplined. With MS5, it brings uh, uh, two number six. Really, you want to play with two number six because he knows that Avrikos attacking are always good, but defensively, they need a good base. And and that's what I can see MS5 has bring. And I think what he did bring as well, because he knows the culture of the country, he was inside the team and he knew uh, the mentality of the team. And the first thing he said when he got the job, he spoke about discipline. And I think the discipline was on the pitch and outside the pitch as well. And that's what he has bring uh, to to that team, in my opinion. Colo, how, how much do you remember about the, the final in 2015, the day of the final? Not the, the actual match, but the, the morning, the afternoon. What, what's it like on the day? How, how do you kill time? And what would be your advice to the, the current team about about not becoming too nervous on the day? How, how do they prepare for, the, for this game? I'm telling you, when we're on the final like that, you know, and you, the game is uh, in the afternoon. The day is so long because the, your only feeling is, I want to play that game and finish and win that tournament. Because at that moment, you know, the tournament has been long. The players are tired uh, physically and mentally. And they can't wait for uh, for the for for Sunday to come for them to play that 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 match on the day. One thing they have to do is just to stay relaxed, you know. And I feel like you know in those moments you only want to speak to people that you love. You only want to speak to people that you trust. You only want to speak to people that you feel that they can. They want want you to win that tournament, and in in in. We are African. Most of the players uh, believe in God and most of them, we pray all day. That's what I've done. I prayed. I spoke to my family. I spoke to my wife. I spoke to my father and to my kids. And then, and, uh, and, and that's it, really. And uh, uh, I spoke to my best friend, Aruna, as well. Then done at that time. And that's, all, that's, that's it. You know, and I was focused, waiting for the moment to, to kick off and to finish the deal. That's a fascinating insight into, into what it's like, the, the, the day of a final. I want to get your insight now as a, as a defender, Kolo. Victor Osimhen is the, the big star of the Nigeria team, African Footballer of the Year. If you were in the Ivory Coast team for this final, how would you mark him? What, what's the best way to stop Victor Osimhen? Wow. Um, he's a super powerful player. Uh, he got unbelievable speed. He does his, he has he scored only one goal so far 
but what he bring to that team is incredible and you need to, the, the thing is with this uh, the system that they play they're really dangerous on transition because what Nigeria do they go to a five four one and then as soon as they have the ball the two uh, the two players the two number 10 became uh, go on the middle and they, they try to find them to go for a counter-attack. And that's when uh, Osimhen make the run in this space. And I think it's very important to have for Ivory Coast to have speed at the back because they will, in my opinion, dominate the ball because that's what happened when they played uh, in, the, in the, the, the the first game between uh, Nigeria. Niger- Ivory Coast needs speed at the back because as soon as the Nigeria will get the ball, they will look for Osimhen in this space because he's super quick. In my opinion, they have they need to have uh, they need to be to be really ready for the ball being and just just be uh, anticipate that and run being as fast as they can. Talk to us as well about penalties because it could go to a penalty shootout against Nigeria, the, the dreaded penalty shootout. And I was looking at 2015. You took one of the penalties in sudden death and you scored. What is that feeling like when you step up? What's your advice to the current team if it goes to penalties? And what was the relief like when, when you found the back of the net in 2015? You know, w- when you go to the penalty, I always say this is the only moment in football where you feel on your own. You have no support from teammates. You have no support from fans, from parents. Is you, the goalkeeper, and the goal. And one thing you have to do you have to speak. You, they have to start working on it on training. They have to work on it on training today. Every player have to shoot, and they have to make sure that they they pick a side and you go for it. Some of the players change their mind as soon as the, the goalkeeper move, but you need to be able to analyze the goalkeeper as well. But at the same time, work at training on the on how you want to shoot your penalty because. You don't want to be surprised in that. And one thing that I always say, in my opinion, I always like the strikers or the attacking players to go for penalty first because those players, most of the time, have the skill to do it uh, because they, 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 uh, all the year uh, they've been working on it at training most of the time. But you don't see that often, but that's my opinion. Bring the most technical players, players who have... Uh, the habit to go in front of the, the goalkeeper and shoot those penalty. They have more chance to score. This is my opinion. Yeah, get the attackers on first, which Nigeria always have William Trustekong taking the penalties and he scored two out of two. So one, one centre-back's doing it, but I agree. Get the attacking players taking the penalties first. Kolo, I said I wanted to talk to you about the Ivory Coast fans. I've loved watching them in the, in the stadium here, stadiums here in, in Abidjan. They've been incredible, but I've seen two sides. I saw in the semi-final how joyous they were. I've also seen that they can turn against the team. I, I was here in 2017 at a World Cup qualifier, which Ivory Coast lost and there was real anger. What, what is it like to play in front of those fans? And what would it be like on Monday if Ivory Coast win, win the tournament? Because, of course, in 2015, you experienced being in Abidjan the Monday after an AFCON carrying the trophy. You know, these Ivory Coast fans are unbelievable. They love football. Football is everything for the fans. I'm telling you, there is people there who don't have a meal. There's people who uh, don't have food, don't have, uh, 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 they have nothing. You know, where they're sleeping is, most of the time, is no 
so good, so clean. But when the football come, all those people forget all the struggle that they have in the daily basis. And they expect the players to give 120, 130, 150%. As long as you give everything, they have no problem with you. But if you mess your one, you no focus, you're not giving 100%, they will be very angry with, with them. I'm the same. As a player, I wanted my I wanted my team, my players to give everything on the pitch. You can win a football matches, but as long as you look yourself in the mirror and you give everything you got in your in your in your in your body for the team. And I'm telling you, this Ivory Coast country is fantastic country. Great people, they love football, they love the players, and the support will be incredible. I'm telling you. And if Ivory Coast win the match, I don't I don't know what will happen, but you could see like every after every win, you could see how the country were, you know, and it's gonna be double what happened in 2015 for sure. <laughs> Yeah, the scenes on the roadside after the semi-final, driving back to Abidjan was something else, Colo. Colo, two more questions very quickly before we let you go. Uh, you've been very generous with, with your time. I, I need to get a prediction for the final, but also I leave, I leave Abidjan on Monday. What, what food should I eat before I leave? What, what's your favourite Ivorian dish? Oh, my favourite Ivorian dish is acheke and, and, and poisson braisé. Oh, acheke okay. is like cassava. Uh, it's almost like couscous. But it's like for my every course. Um, but it's really nice. And you can eat that with uh, a fish. But the fish is, uh, is, is on the grain, you know. And then you put some tomato. You put some uh, onion on it. You know, some vinegar. A little bit of oil. And that's really healthy. That's really healthy because there is no fat on it, you know. And you can eat that as much as you want and then still fit. <laughs> You're going to enjoy that, definitely. Beautiful. <laughs> and what about the final then? How's it going to go, Carlo? What's your prediction? Of course, Ivory Coast. Of course, Ivory Coast. <laughs> We're playing in front of our fans. We've been so lucky so far. And then on the final, you know, I pray Allah that we win that game. And uh, for sure, for the country, for the people, for the president of the country. But an Ivory Coast win, Carlo, yeah? No penalty shootout? Um, no penalty shootout. <laughs> <laughs> Colo, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Pleasure, mate. And that is AFCON winner Colo Torre ahead of the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations final in his country. That is it for this edition of World Football at AFCON. For more, search for World Football at AFCON on the BBC World Service website or BBC Sounds. We'll be back after the final when we will finally know the Cup of Nations winner. Goodbye for now. World Football at AFCON is a BBC Sport production from the BBC World Service.